What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going well. Feels uh, natural to be back on this side of that question. Yes. Than uh, last week was. That was a strange little routine that we had going. I wanted to start out today with a public service announcement. Oh, sure. If you are a dog owner, Especially if you live in the city, in a populated area where a lot of people walk. Uh, Take just, I don't know, for example, off the top of my head, the Beltline. Pick up your dog shit. That's it, Graham. Because no one wants to come around and and don't act like you know, like people don't see that you're not picking up your dog shit. People see it. Just pick it up, Graham. You don't want to be that guy to come around, around after the fact. And stuck all over it. <laughs> I've got a penis um, stuck in my throat during this whole PSA. You sure it's not dog shit? Oh, it could be. Yeah, I saw some jerk off uh, along the belt line today not picking up his dog shit, and it, re- it really upset me. Huge dog, too. And he, he pretended, as I was told, he pretended that he didn't realize that the uh, dog was shitting everywhere, and his body was <laughs> turned away from the beast. Yeah, body language was facing the other direction. He might have had his phone out texting... Or pretending to text, more more likely. <coughs> Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> but anyways, up, upsetting to me and uh, many people. Uh, intern, is Jeff, has he ever been an intern? Jeff has not been an intern, okay. I don't think. Well, uh, user Jeff DeLore hates stepping in dog shit more than anyone else, so this PSA is for him. Well, hopefully he didn't step in any in that guy's dog shit before he heard this PSA. Yeah, yeah, you, you never know. You never know. Jeff's always walking around, so yeah. it's possible. He's slinging his guitar everywhere. Hopefully his guitar didn't get tampered with the dog shit or yes. anything like that. It'll be bad. Uh, yeah, Adam, let's jump into some more dog shit today when it comes to Atlanta sports. Let's start off with the Falcons. We haven't started off with the Falcons in a while. Let's just jump right into it. It's a big load, load of dog shit. It is a big load of dog shit. Um, that has not been picked up in three seasons. Spreading disease. Spreading disease. That's another thing, man. Not only is it an inconvenience to people who might step in it, pet waste spreads disease, according to the sign. I was going to say, I, I've always seen that, but what I've never heard of diseases actually being spread. What about E. coli? Well, that's if you're, like, eating it. Well, you could potentially... I don't know. Does all shit have E. coli? Is that how that works? No, not all shit has E. coli. E. coli is like a virus or bacteria that gets in shit. But <laughs> it's not good to eat shit, Adam, and it's not good to... Uh, I don't you know, know. If, if it's out for a while and a dog sniffs it or something, bacteria could spread to the dog. I think the more we discuss this, the more that, at least the spreading disease part, sounds like one of those things that like was made up in the 80s during like the Reagan administration to scare people. Because my brother, or maybe Gabe points out all the time, people didn't used to pick up their dog shit. In the 90s, people did not pick up their dog shit at all. Because they didn't know anything. It does, it's been proven to... Well, to, to no, I, th- I think the, the spreading disease thing was a scare tactic no. to get people to... Like, nowadays, it's more of a social thing. Like, if you don't pick up your dog shit, you get shamed on a podcast. Or people just glare at you and hate you. I think that's why people pick up their dog shit now. I think it has nothing to do with spreading disease. I think it's more of... I think people think of more of it as a common courtesy than the spreading disease. But it is, it is true. Now, the Reagan administration liked to plant drugs in impoverished neighborhoods and get people they didn't like arrested. That, right. that's, that's, that's what they did. Right. Yeah. This could have been a Clinton era thing as well then, well, if it was no. the 90s. Right. Scare it didn't become really prevalent until the 
like late nineties and early two thousands, maybe even mid two thousands. Yeah. Now everybody walks around with those damn bags. <laughs> you got to man. Lucky for me, my dog like never takes a shit on a walk anymore, so I don't have to worry about it. That's but anyway, let's stop talking about dog shit. We've been talking dog shit. I don't for five know. Minutes. We kind of got rolling with something. Oh man. That, uh, but yes, and it ruined our segue. So let's let's jump back into the the dog shit that is the Atlanta Falcons. So Thomas Dimitrov was interviewed today. Uh, was seeing the press. I think attending a pre combine workout or something like that. Anyway, bottom line is he says that he's going to let Devondre Campbell, Austin Hooper, and Wes Schweitzer enter free agency. See what the market is. Wants to try to bring those guys back. He says, but I think if you read between the lines and what he's saying. Just by saying that alone, you even have to read what he actually said. That to me says that he is not going to engage in, in discussions with them, or if he does, it will only be like a courtesy thing because they were on the Falcons for a number of years. I think that is pretty much saying we are going to have to find guys to replace, you know, probably a top six, seven tight end, a solid linebacker. And Schweitzer, I don't really care about at this point. We have enough depth at guard, even if that depth isn't great to survive his loss, but Campbell and, and Hooper in particular are would be pretty big losses for the Falcons. I feel like Campbell, we were kind of shitting on him most of the last season until like the last half. Yeah, he stepped he it up. stepped it up, yeah. but he had kind of disappeared for the last like season and he, a half. He did, but that. he but he had a solid tenure overall, I'd say, with the Falcons. And I would much rather, I, I mean, I don't know, it's weird, because you're going to have to, like... I don't know. It's it's tough because of the the salary cap, the salary hell that that the Falcons are in. And Dimitrov also mentioned, hey, when you pay you know top tier quarterback, receiver, and defensive tackle all the money we paid them, it's hard to you know bring other guys back. Well, this and is, so this is this is once again a self this is a self made issue for the Falcons. Well, this is at least him finally early in the off season. He acted like we didn't have any cap issues, but uh, now that because otherwise Hooper last year would have hundred percent been a guy we resigned just because you feel like you have to. Right. But um, this is kind of him facing reality, if you will. Yeah, but my, my, my concern comes from what's he going to do to replace him. We know that the Falcons are shit talent evaluators overall. Uh, you look at the depth at linebacker, it's nearly non-existent. You look at tight end, you got guys like Jaden Graham and, and Luke Stocker. I mean, Graham had a couple of flashes when, when Hooper was out, and it would be interesting to see him in that, in that role, but I don't think that's something that the Falcons are envisioning uh, heading into this next season, thinking that, yeah, Jane Graham's going to be our number one tight end on this team. Well, I think we have just enough weapons offensively that you can work around the tight end position. Like, Hooper was out for a few games this last season, and the offense didn't really, you couldn't tell much of a difference. Right. Julio got more targets. And even when Julio and, or excuse me, even when Ridley and Hooper were both out, which I think happened in a couple games, it was like, it was just the Julio Jones show all day. It didn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Calvin Ridley is going to keep developing. Yeah. Uh, you know you know what I want to see, which could be a good low, uh, buy low type of guy? Hmm. It could step in and kind of fill that void at a different position. Let's bring Taylor Gabriel back. He's a free agent. Oh, he wouldn't be able to fit the tight end role. No, no, he's not a tight end, but a slot receiver, just another weapon to spread the I'd rather have around. I'd, I'd rather keep Russell Gage. I think he showed enough development last year that he deserves more time as, as the number three, particularly when Snoo left and it was clear like what the offense was going to be. He yeah, had his moments. That's true. I, 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 he's younger, and I, I really love Gabriel and everything, and he fit in the offense really well and was truly the Shanahan offense, but I, I don't need to go back to the well. I don't need to be spending 
you know, pressure salary cap on on a position where I think it can already be fulfilled by Russell Gage. Do you want to um, <clears throat> take a flyer on an injured veteran? Uh, For Titan. Yeah, the, the dude from uh, the Redskins. I heard, yeah, what's his name? Jordan Graham. Jordan Reed, sorry. Jordan Reed, yeah. I mean, he was like an elite tight end, but he, he's had like seven concussions. And that's only reported concussions. Imagine how many actual concussions he's had. Also, seven's just a number I made up. No, I think it is seven. I okay. think seven was the reported amount of concussions he's had. I don't, But, you know, concussions happen varying degrees in NFL games, and I don't think all of them are reported. So if he's had seven actually reported concussions, you can probably, but it, maybe not double it, but, you know, he's probably in the 10-plus range at this point. Dr. Graham. That's that's your... Uh, that's my analysis. Okay. My medical professional analysis. Uh, well, anyway, I mean, you, you can... I'd be okay taking a flyer on some sort of veteran like that. And if, if he wants just the minimum amount of money. Yeah, because Gra- Graham has potential. Uh, you kind of just need Stalker as a blocker. Blocker. Yep. And, uh, you know, see what happens. But don't, don't spend money on Hooper. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, there's rumors, and, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but there, there are apparently rumors out there that he's going to set the free agent market to be at, like, 11 million, yeah. Hunter, 11 million per year. Hunter Henry, I think, is going to get franchised by the Chargers, is what I what I heard. So uh, it's kind of like all eyes point to Hooper in terms of free agent tight ends to sort of redefine the market. And he had a very good season last year, particularly before he got banged up. Uh, got his second Pro Bowl, for what that's worth. But he's not Rob Gronkowski. You know? No, but I mean, he, he's a very, he's a very good tight end, and he, you know, was around 780 yards receiving, uh, on a number of touchdowns. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I know he was a, he was a big contributor last year, even in the shitty season that was, and even in that first half. I mean, he was as reliable as they, they come cutting over the middle. Uh, the way he caught the ball was always really interesting to me. He always caught it like away from his body and then brought it in, but it was always like on third down, you'll be looking for Hooper to just get that ball over the middle, catch it, turn, and, and, and well, bang for a few extra yards. That's the way you're supposed to catch a football, Graham, with no, your arms it, extended. I know, but it was always, there's something about it that, that just seemed like to, like, I don't I didn't really see that many guys, like, tight ends catching the ball like that. It was just almost like, I'm doing a really bad job describing it, but I always will have this image in my mind of Hooper catching the ball above his head. Bringing it in, yeah. Graham's doing this visually as well, and yeah, it's not it's not much translated better no. either than what he's saying with his words. Yeah, so Hooper, for all intents and purposes, I think you can, you know, I think yeah, I I agree that we we'll, we can take that blow better than if we lose Campbell. Campbell, yeah, Campbell is a little more concerning. Um, yeah, defense is an area we just need to be adding to, and to lose a big piece like that, that it's gonna be tough to replace. Right. I mean, because we we just have like we gotta go D line with our first round pick. Moment thing. Um, Linebacker's gonna have to be drafted too. I, I heard that the um, was ever drafting four this year. I want to say it's some team like Denver or something. I don't know. That's feasible. Yeah, but they're they're open for business. I would not be surprised to see Dimitrov make a. Last stand, kind of desperate attempt move. to save his job again. I think he's uh, he might be unfireable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he's he's survived so many times at this point. That I, I don't think it matters. I hope it matters at some point, but it hasn't. I mean, you look at it. I mean, you look all the little guys on the defensive line. He's drafted, and we've gone through this before. But I mean, if you were actually like, look at the roster, you know, guys like Deidrin Sanat. Tack McKinley, you know, the only guy worth a damn on the line at this point 
is Grady. Well, Sanat doesn't it. make sense. Sanat showed signs in his rookie year, and then he was just like a healthy scratch. Against the Rams in the playoff game. Well, th- this past year he was a healthy scratch many times as yes, well. Yes, he was. What's up with and, that? And the year before that. I don't know. There's something, obviously, with his development that isn't working for the coaching staff or the organization. I don't know. But the point is, is that Dimitrov and Quinn selected him. I think he was a third-round pick. So that you know, that's an abject failure on their end if he's you know a healthy scratch a lot of weeks or when he does play isn't a contributor. Not to say that he's without blame or anything like that, but it's it's a scary proposition going into the the off season now with uh, just you know what you're going to get. You're just going to get you know we have the same personnel, people making all the decisions. We got Thomas making the decisions. Scott Pioli is gone, so any sort of I don't know how much value he was providing at this point, but. Um, you know, maybe who the fuck knows who was responsible really for Dion and 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 Grady and all those guys. Maybe Pioli had some input. Now he's gone. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I'm, I'm having my anti-Thomas Dimitrov campaign right now. But it's the same people that have been making the same mistakes for 12 years. Uh, I know Quinn hasn't been here for 12 years, but I mean, Dimitrov has been. He's been a poor evaluator of talent ever since he came here. He's had some decent drafts, but, you know, they've only had really one good draft, like one really great draft class, and that was that... 2016, uh, or 25th, well, sorry, 2016 draft class when you had, you know, uh, Grady and Dion and Keanu Neal. And those, I mean, that was a great, they knocked it out of the park with that. Well, it just shows, it just, take, it just takes one to propel you to the next level. So maybe they can and do it what, again. That's what they got to hope for here. Yeah, but you look at the track record, and more times than not, it's usually the draft classes are, as a whole, maybe you have a good player in one of the draft classes, like the Calvin Ridley draft class, but... As a whole, they usually don't, don't don't draft well. Law of averages, maybe we're due again? Maybe we're due again. Um, and other disturbing news. When the hell is the draft, by the way? April? It's in April. Yeah. So another disturbing news, and this was hilarious. Thomas Dimitrov said that they're still deciding on whether or not they're going to exercise Tack McKinley's fifth-year option. Tack's going into his fourth year this year. Dan Quinn was asked about it, and he said, we're not picking it up. Wait, so talking about for not 2020, but 2021? Correct. So then, so Dan Quinn contradicts Dimitrov and says we're not picking it up, picking it up, and then he walks it back and says, "I oh, just defer to what Thomas said. We're still." Why are they sorry. talking about that already? I don't know. I guess someone asked them about it. That's some like pre. So they already know the tax's going to suck this year. I don't know. I just think it's funny that Dimitrov said one thing and 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 Quinn said the yeah. other. Yeah, I think that's obviously their thinking at this point. Unless Tack really goes off this year, he can't stay healthy. I think he's got a great motor. I mean, he, he does create pressure at times, but he, he he can't he can't. I think the biggest problem for Tack is he can't stay on the field for a complete season. He's just he's always banged up and misses like four plus games a year. It feels like. Wait, well, he, he makes fun of himself as well on social media, saying he's like one of the best players at getting to the quarterback, but not actually sacking him. Right. Yeah, he's all around. He creates pressure big time. It's just he cannot cannot finish for whatever reason, and. So I, I just think it just, once again, it shows the discord within the organization that that's... And, then, you know, you have a Freudian slip every once in a while, but you can't afford to... I don't know, you just can't afford to say that, right? I mean, you can't afford to say that, especially when Tack's still on the team. That's, that, that, that has to really piss him off. Maybe it's motivation for him. Maybe it's motivation for him, but it just shows... Just, uh, just discombobulation. Well, it just seems dumb, dumb to even comment on... Like, not a pressing issue for this offseason. No, it's not. And I think 
Dimitrov said the right thing by saying, hey, we'll evaluate. I mean, that's all you got to say, and then just move on to the next question. Dan Quinn shot himself in the foot like he does on a weekly basis during the regular season. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen there, but I wouldn't – you know, they probably learned their lesson from, from Vic, you know, exercising that fifth-year option. We saw it happen there. Horrible first half of the season, okay to d- decent second half, but who, who gives a shit at that point? I mean, when the organization comes out and says that they're not bringing them back – I mean, that, that shows you what the organization thinks of, of, of Vic Beasley. So they, they probably don't want to repeat that with, with Tack. And Tack hasn't had – didn't even have, like, a standout season like Vic Beasley did during that 16 so, season. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm hoping to go back, like, five minutes ago. Maybe Dimitrov goes all in. Tries to trade a couple first-round picks and go and get Chase Young. Because that's a guy – that's a no-brainer. Right. That's the, that's a uh, that's a Julio Jones. Yes, that's that's like a Julio Jones pick. Um, so, the problem is with doing that is you're in such a like. How do you fill the other? There's so many other holes in the roster. Well, I think maybe because we're in a uh, such a win now mode, or at least we should be. You sacrifice some future drafts. It's not even future drafts, though. It's the team this year. I know, but I'm saying you, you like you trade your first round pick this year, first round pick next year. And a second round pick next year. Probably takes one more pick. Probably to pull that off. Throwing Tack McKinley. And Mike Fultonavich. And Mike Fultonavich. <laughs> You're obsessed with trading Fulton. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could I, I I do regardless of how it would shake out, I, I could I think it's tangible that, that what you're what you're assuming could That's could in his his history. Yes, yeah, in his history. Trying to make a big move. Yeah. And if too not, bad we won those games at the end of the year, we wouldn't be having to jump from sixteen, huh? Yeah, it's like it was the same thing last year. It was incredible. And I don't want to hear anymore either about how much the players love Dan Quinn and love to play for him. Where the fuck was that the first half of the season? I'm sorry. You, you, you don't, you clearly don't love, you clearly don't love playing for him, but that's, that's the, that's where the well, results They might game. still love playing. I mean, I, I, I think the main issue is him being the D coordinator and head coach at the same time. I guess. But even on the offensive side of the ball, it was, it was bad. And uh, something we didn't report on last week that came out was Arthur Blank, once again, talking too much, was interviewed, and he said, uh, he was asked directly about Devontae Freeman. He said that he loves Devontae, but he just doesn't know what's going to happen in the future, and pretty much intimated that we're going to cut bait on Devontae. Probably shouldn't be saying that. What do you think they would have done it already? Oh, no. The league year hasn't started, so I don't think anyone can do anything yet. So I think I think uh, the league year starts true. March, like mid March or something like that. Like March eighteen, I think is the date. Somewhere in March, and once that happens, they can they can you know you'll start hearing about free agent moves and potential trades and. Shit like I that. think that's fake news because we we just resigned Matt Schaub today. Oh, what the fuck do I know then? Yeah, they could be cutting people now. There's some cut rule, though. Remember there's that cut rule where if you wait to a certain point to cut somebody, you save money against the cap and stuff like that. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. Don't listen to us on this one. No. We don't know. Yeah, so maybe maybe they're not going to, but there's still plenty of time to to cut Devontae. Right. And I would have to think that they're they're going to do that or try to trade him. Maybe they're holding out hope that somebody gets desperate. Yeah. And I still don't understand. I was listening to the radio today, and I still don't understand why, you know, if we get rid of... Devonte, why we have to go out and draft a running back? I don't get that. I don't get that mindset. Everyone seems to have that mindset. Uh, journalists, 
radio guys and girls, fans, whatever. It's just like everywhere I go, it's like, well, if you if you get rid of Devontae, you have to go draft a running back. And I don't get that. Why not let Ito and especially Brian Hill take over, and then Quadri Allison is your change of pace, big bruiser back. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you, Graham. Um, I don't want to waste a draft pick on a running back for sure. Uh, I'd be okay rolling with those guys, seeing what Brian Hill and Ito can do in a role on their own. But also there's a name out there that uh, kind of brings back a little history for the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Um, and I don't know what the market for this guy is going to be like, so a lot of it is going to depend on that. Is it Michael the Burner Turner? Well, that's the guy in the history, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't. Uh, Austin Eckler Ooh. is a free agent. Oh. And yeah, I love Austin Eckler. Yeah, man, and he is like the Michael Turner reincarnate. Yeah, in a he, lot of ways. He's a backup, but he played and a lot when uh, what's his name Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon held out. out. Yeah, and he was an absolute monster. Yeah, uh, and and he's not like a, a straight running back either because he, I mean, he's a big receiving back. And no, he's, he's a guy that can have 10, 12 receptions a game. He's a great receiver. Um, but if you can get a buy low deal on him, man, I'll do that all day. And let Bryant Hill or Ito be your like main running thread and then mm-hmm. he's in there i mean that that replaces hooper right there you know oh that's a great idea adam thank you Grant. How, did you bring any of your uh, infamous sources tip you to that or did you just come up with that on your own i just heard that he was a free agent and i was like i love austin eckler he, he won he won me back some money in fantasy football for mm-hmm. the first time and never god knows how long <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah I don't know. so that would be great so I mean, but i'm sure there's some more like veteran running backs out there that could fill the void um with our younger guys. But yeah. Like, yeah. We don't need to take a third round pick on a running back. No. And, you know, it was depressing that uh, on Twitter I saw a stat courtesy of uh, Mike Bell. And I can't remember the stat exactly, but it was pretty much the, the point was that Adrian Peterson at age 35 had more rushing yards <laughs> and more yards per carry than Devontae Freeman. I heard that. Yeah. Let's, let's just pick up AP. Give he already got resigned by the Redskins. Okay. I'd take AP. And give him a million bucks? No. Have him rush for 800 yards and five touchdowns is fine with me. Maybe he'd put like 500 extra fans in the seats? Probably not. Probably not. No. You never know. He might have less people in town, actually. That Vikings fan might still be around. He would come back. He's probably got a big family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I really like that Austin Eckler idea. That would be sweet if he can come in a little low, but he was probably going to command... A decent salary, considering his, especially his first half production. But he had a great season overall, so we'll see. I mean, the running back market's always weird because no one wants to spend money on a running back anymore. True, his so. value could be dilapidated just because of that. Yeah. Last Falcons news: Keanu Neal's rehab is apparently going well. He's on track to, you know, start the season on time and all that stuff. So, for those that don't remember, he tore his ACL I think in week three of last year. And he was coming back, of course, from his Achilles tear the year before. So how many weeks does he make it this year before getting injured, Graham? Uh, he only went one week in 2018. He went three weeks last year. I'm going to give him six this time. I think he's going to double up. I mean... In all seriousness, I hope do, he... Do you think they're fluky injuries, or is he just injury-prone? I don't know. Well, the first year... Well, the first two years, he was fine. Didn't really get hurt all that much. And then these last two have just been absolutely brutal. Yeah. So... Maybe, maybe he's saving his body for a year where it matters. Well, he's putting his body through a lot of hell, that's for sure. I mean, it's not his fault, I don't think. In all seriousness, I hope that he can have a, a full season and be a major contributor on the field and, and, and be healthy. That's the biggest thing for him, especially 
this is his last year of his rookie deal, I believe. And with the Falcons saying that they're, you know, that he, his rehab's on, on track and all that stuff, that seems to say that they're not going to cut him because he was a potential cut candidate. Save, yeah. He would save the most money if you cut him, apparently, six, $6.66 million, I think. So, Which is good. We don't need to be cutting Keanu Neal no. at all, even though I know he's somewhat of a health liability right now. But when he's on, he's on. Yeah, we've got the depth at safety now to handle another Keanu injury, but um be much better to have him out there. For sure. That's it for the Falcons. Okay, I was not expecting to start with the Falcons today. Now we'll go into the Braves. Braves opened spring training at them. I believe they beat the Orioles on Saturday. I watched a little bit of that game. Your boy King Felix looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I sat down, uh, just happened to be doing absolutely nothing around 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon and turned on Fox Sports South. It was, it was. I mean, it's great to see that. That ballpark looks awesome, although there's been some issues, I've heard. Mm. Uh, we'll get into that a little later, but um, yeah, just seeing the line. I mean, the lineup was you start with Acuna, Ozzy, Freddie, best hitter on your team, Adam Duvall, batting cleanup. Woof. Um, I mean, it, it was just it was great to see baseball again. Can you tell your Chip Carey story? Oh God! Because I missed the beginning of the game. I watched it a little later. Yeah, Chip, Chip Carey is already he's in classic Chip form, just fucking things up already. He uh, was describing the lineup and say, well, the Braves pretty much have their opening day lineup out there. And then he thinks about it for a second. He's like, well, I guess Ozuna will probably be your everyday left fielder instead of Duvall. And well, Austin, Alex Jackson probably won't be in there either. It's like, dude, Chip, come on now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stumbling out of the game. Yeah. Is it, I mean, ender and center, I suppose. But like, yeah, you're not, you're not even close. Yeah. Our big free agent left fielder isn't hitting cleanup. Not there right. yet. And our catcher we signed, yeah, also, Darno. I mean, Darno should be the opening day starter based off his, his season last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you would hope so. Yeah. yeah. But Alex Jackson isn't going to be Absolutely on the, on the roster. No. Yeah. And one other stupid thing that happened with Fox Sports is the release of Kelsey Wingert, for whatever reason. I don't know what, what exactly happened there, but she's the... the Silent reporter, she does the, the desk report post-game. She was doing that for the Hawks, too, this year or some. She's really fantastic at her job, and I don't understand why they would do that. I guess if you're too good at your job at Fox Sports South, you get let go. Like Tom Hart, also remember him from way back. You know, he was in the, the 2012, 2013, 2010, 11, whatnot, sideline reporter. He was great, and then he left. Or I don't know if he left or if he was released, but... You know, he went to go work for ESPN and whatnot, but you know Kelsey Winger did a fantastic. They both did, and the people that aren't nearly as good as them are still there. I don't, I don't understand. Well, that. they do have a weird history. It was uh, John Shiambi as well. Yeah, we had him for a couple of years. Yeah, he's he, solid. He's, he's great on yeah. ESPN. Um, but you know, we don't know the whole story there. Yeah. Um, her contract was coming up. It was very surprising because she was the only reason I would ever not listen to music during the Braves game. Yeah, pe- people did love her, but also a bunch of Braves fans on Twitter are being losers about it. And threatening to like boycott all broadcasts because Kelsey Winger's not there anymore. I mean, it's your right if you want to do that. But just just do what I do. Just listen to the music. Listen to music and watch the game. There's no chance in hell I'm even ever, ever, ever going to listen to any audio this year. Paul, well, you don't know this new girl could be better than her. Maybe. Who knows? But it's just. She's, she's coming from the Cubs. Yeah. And Paul Bird's fine. It's just. I Paul, don't know. Paul Bird addressed it at the beginning of the broadcast. And he's oh, yeah. like, just, just don't worry, Braves country. This doesn't mean more Paul Bird. Huh. 
I like how self-deprecating he is. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, and Brian Jordan's fine. He's good. He does a good job. I like Frank Gore on it. Frank Gore's okay. But um, clearly the best person there was, was, was Winger. And it just blows my mind that they would release her. Not that she like Release. got a better got a better job. Like she was. Well, I thought it was interesting fired. that the the Braves have final say on the broadcasters. That was one thing that came out of it that was a little surprising. Mm-hmm. You would think it's all Fox Sports thing, but uh, so it could have been the Braves' decision. Who knows? But yeah, definitely surprising. Yeah, for sure. But also not not a huge. She'll land on her feet. Yeah, for sure. It's not the end of the world. No. It, uh, her replacement, whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, her first year with the Cubs, the Cubs won the World Series. So we we got that going for yeah. us. Maybe some good omens. But, yeah, it's good to watch Braves baseball again. Uh, Felix Hernandez, King Felix, if you will, he looks solid. Yeah. It's, it, this pitching battle is going to be interesting. I mean, that That's the real thing to watch. Like, I think... They had two innings, a couple strikeouts, no runs given up. Yeah. Granted, it's the Orioles who are like the worst team, probably going to be the worst team in history, but it was it was encouraging to see. But he, yeah, he was locating his breaking pitches well. They didn't have a, a damn radar gun, so you don't know how fast he was throwing. I loved watching the game without the stupid box <laughs> over the strike zone. I was like, oh my God, maybe they got rid of it. And then, and then my mom said, wait, they don't have the radar gun probably at spring training. And I was yeah, like, oh. It's just scaled back. That sucks. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing we're watching for is... So everyone stay healthy. Who's going to win these last two spots in the rotation right now? Mm-hmm. And Camargo O'Reilly. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be Camargo. I think they're going to start Riley in AAA. But unless he just completely tears it up. I think you got to give him as much a chance as Camargo. Because we saw what he could do. And what he did when he was on was better than anything Camargo ever did. And Riley, in his, his he's, he didn't play on uh, Saturday, but he, but he played Sunday. And I think it was Ben Ingram talking about the the big thing. He went over to, I like that he drove one to like the wall in center field. And the biggest thing, it was like a one-two count. And there was a slider in the dirt that he would have swung at all day last year. And he laid off of it. That's good. So that's a good sign. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I'm excited to see who comes out with these fourth and fifth spots. Um, I wonder... I don't, don't sleep on your boy Kyle Wright. I think we... I know we talked about Kyle Wright and not being very impressed with him, but I think we kind of forget about what he looked like in relief in September last year. Like, he didn't, I think he had like five outings, but he looked damn good. And uh, Gabe Burns had a great article in the AJC about him today. I don't know if you read that. Mm. But um, he kind of compared him to Freed and how, you know, Freed, when he first came up, you could tell the stuff was there, but he didn't have that aggressiveness. And going to relief kind of helped Freed find that aggressiveness. Mm. And I think it was Soroka commenting about Kyle Wright and how it's just it's going to click for him. Um, and he just knows that once it clicks, it, you never know what the variable is that makes it click. But Soroka believes in Kyle Wright. At least he's saying that to the media. But yeah, I did kind of forget about those September outings. And then he pitched today, two scoreless innings couple strikeouts so don't don't sleep on him because you know the Braves would probably prefer him in that rotation versus Hernandez Hernandez yeah Hernandez would really have to be lights out well the thing that'll be interesting to watch with I mean that's that's, that's uh you know that's good to hear about about right and yeah I'll be the first time I, I forgot about his September relief appearances um so yeah he's definitely worth watching this spring 
but with Hernandez, what I'm, I'm most interested in seeing is can he compensate for, you know, the big thing, I think the key for him when he was at his peak was that fastball velocity, and his other pitches were, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour off his fastball, and that's one of the reasons that made him so effective is that he was able to obviously keep his arm slots similar and things like that, and the and the discrepancy between the velocity of the, the off-speed pitch versus the fastball was so great that, it, you know, it was it was like he could attack people. Yeah. And it looked like he was still kind of a, trying to attack more than, I'm not saying nibble, but wasn't as crap. It still felt like he was the same, trying to be the same King Felix with, without the stuff. You know, it's the, thing, it's the same thing that we talked about last year when Josh Tomlin was getting whacked around. When you have a Reagan-era fastball and your other pitches don't really vary that much in terms of speed, you, you, you can't afford to be off. And when you are, you're going to get crushed. So that's, yeah. that's the main thing to watch for him. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, but I was, I was kind of sold on him after watching him for one start against the Orioles. Um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, but I'll give it two starts before I... Before uh, you're really sold. Yeah, before but now I, I do, I got to watch Kyle Wright more now, and the Sean Newcomb thing is going to be interesting. He hasn't pitched yet, right? He has not. Um, there's still the argument that he's more valuable to us in the bullpen. I think you give him every chance to win that starter's role. The yeah. bullpen has enough depth at this point. And the good news is, is that if someone goes down in spring training, for whatever reason, Newcomb can slot right in. Yeah, we, I mean, we got a lot of people that can slot in. I'll be curious to see what A.J. Minter does. Because he had that car crash last year that I think yeah. it was kind of undersold mm-hmm. for what that did to him. So... I mean, you never got a guy like him or Sabatka. Um, they could figure it out. I mean, we got depth. Maybe. Yeah, there's depth there. I don't know how much I trust Mentor or Sabatka. I think the organization made it pretty clear that they don't trust them that much, considering they spent $34 million to go sign Will Smith in the offseason, brought back Chris Martin. If they believed in those guys, they wouldn't have done that. But we know there's going to be injuries. Yes, there and, will be injuries. And to have potential like that up the road in Gwinnett, Certainly a good thing. Yeah. And we've seen Sabaka and Mentor both do well before, before they just totally collapsed. And a lot of that, you know, that 2018 season, I think it was due to the rotation. I mean, we'll go more than five innings ever, it felt like. Yep. So they just got burned out. So hopefully, you know, had a year to sort of figure some shit out. Mentor can go over his car crash. Um, so I like I would like to, you know, continue to monitor, monitor those guys as well during spring training. But I'm not going to, I don't think neither one of them are going to make the, opening day roster or anything like that. Minter's got the lefty thing going for him. True. So, we'll see. The big news that came out today was Freddie was scratched from the lineup due to elbow inflammation on the same elbow that was uh, so fucked up last year and had all the bone spurs and was going to snap in half if if he went to the NLCS and he kept playing. And everybody's freaking out about that on Braves Twitter today. Yeah, I haven't followed that one too closely today. Um, just saw that it was precautionary. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not good after hearing that he's 100% healthy, but he also hasn't been doing baseball activities until the last week or so. So you never knew how that elbow was going to react. I think it would be normal to, for that to be sore, considering he just had surgery on it. I'm not going to freak out about it yet. It is certainly worth monitoring 100% because if he is – you know, severely impacted by by his elbow again. We saw what happened during September and October last year. So, 
you can only hope that, yeah, this is precautionary once he gets more into the routine of doing this every day again, that everything will be fine. But it, it is scary, especially like you're saying, we heard how healthy he was. He's gone on the record saying how healthy he was. There was an article with Jeff Schultz where he talked about all the painkillers he was on and he was taking, you know, all these different medications. He was taking these, these really high intensity painkillers that would make his vision blurry and if he didn't have that, he was taking as many extra strength Tylenol as he could. He was only sleeping like two or three hours a night, apparently. And just because he was worried about the elbow so much. And it wasn't just the pain. It was like the stress of... Well, he still hit, what, like 35 homers, 120 RBIs? Well, he had 38 home runs last year. Yeah, that's wild. And still... But he did not... I don't think he hit... I think he only hit like four home runs in September or something. I, I he could have hit 50 home runs yeah. if, if he had been healthy. I mean, he, he that was probably... The best season he had ever had up until the end of end of the year. I when, think the moral of this story, and that we've discussed before, is just take a couple days here and there, Freddie. Like if you're not feeling good, we can plug people in to play first. Like yeah, it's Camargo can play first. It's great that he wants to play every day, but he's never going to not want to do that. It's a long season. Like, yeah, he's never not going to want to do that. And there was, and also in that story. When they were talking, the organization was talking about, like, hey, should we, like, rest Freddie for a while? There was a game against Philly where he hit two home runs in early September, and he, you know, quintessentially won the game because of that. And he texted Anthopolis and said, that's why you play every day. Yeah. So, I mean, even in the first playoff game, when, you know, all hope was pretty much lost, he belted that home run to center field like he was, you know, Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Not not, not the not the imitator, not, not the shell of Freddie Freeman. So, it's, it's just... There is absolutely zero reason to rush him into anything if he's feeling any soreness. But at the same time, you got to give him time to get back in the swing of things or else who knows how that's going to shake out. Health stuff, as we talk about this, I feel like this show has become a very like intensive dissection of, of ignoramuses trying to figure out how the human body works. And we honestly don't know. But one thing I do know after watching sports for so long is that you know, when you're not right, you're not right. And Freddie was not right last year, and we should not do anything, anything at all to impinge on his ability to perform this year. So take whatever precautions necessary. It sounds like they did that today, and that's good, and they need to keep doing that if he's hurting. Not be a fucking hero, especially in spring training. Jesus, God. Yeah, he doesn't need that long to get ready. I mean, like, just take it easy for a couple weeks. Get Austin Riley some more at-bats at first base. Not a bad idea. See Yonder Alonso over there. Yeah, we got Yonder Alonso. We'll plug him in. Yeah. Culberson. Got a lot of guys that play can play first. Nick Marcakis. Nick Marcakis playing first base. He, he's a backup first baseman. Jesus now. God. Yeah. Well. He might get some at bats there. He hasn't played yet this spring. That's a little surprising. Uh, he's old. He knows what he's doing. That's true. And not much else really going on. The Braves will continue to watch spring training as it gets ramped up here. But the good news is, is that the Braves won their first spring training game. I remember it was either the 2012 or 2013 or season or something like that where we didn't win a spring training game until, like, we were, like, 0-14 or something, and everyone was saying we were just going to suck, and it was the death knell. So now we don't have to worry about Braves Twitter freaking out about yeah. that. Did you hear about them freaking out about uh, Max Fried's start yesterday? Mm-mm. He, like, he gave up, like, three runs. I don't think no. he even finished the first inning. No one should give a shit about that. But at all, someone seriously suggested uh, sending him to minor league camp now. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that one start. Pitchers especially are going to struggle 
more so than offensive players to me because they're just trying to figure out their stuff. I mean, B.J. Upton, I saw this. I witnessed this in spring. I went to the spring training when we first signed him. He hit like 350 in spring training. He looked locked in. He was getting base hits up the middle. He was going opposite field. He was running the bases well. He was doing everything right. Regular season, he sucked dick. Like, we saw this. The pitchers are trying to figure out their stuff, and they're just sort of, especially the guys who are established. I wouldn't say Freed is like, you know, Clayton Kershaw established, but he's established enough where we know what we're going to get from him. He's trying to figure out his stuff. And just and he and he's gonna probably throw a couple of balls that are not gonna be as lively as you would expect them to be because he's just getting back in the swing of things. Whereas guys who are are you know offensive you know who, guy you know batters, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say, are gonna see that and react, and are gonna be able to hit it because they're major league players. And if it's a flat fastball going over the middle of the plate, then or or a flat curve, then you know, it, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Offensive players are gonna have better springs than pitchers. It's just the way it is. Well, it's like. Um... In the movie Major League Two, Graham, mm. that are in spring training, Willie Mae Hayes was... My favorite character. Yeah, he, he was their center fielder, leadoff hitter. He comes into the second season, and he wants to hit for power now. And he, he's hitting bombs left and right. First game, he drills like two home runs. In spring training. In spring training. Right. Rube Baker, the third string catcher, makes the comment to the coach. He's like, man, Willie, Willie's really got some power this year. And uh, the coach was just like, yeah, off a guy who's going to be bagging groceries in a couple weeks. Exactly. So that's why we don't uh, concern ourselves too much with spring training. Right. Stats. And you've got guys that Freed's facing. It doesn't matter if they're established or not. If you've got someone who's even close to major league caliber and you're just laying it in there trying to figure out your stuff, you're going to get hit, and it's okay. Yeah. It's fine for a, for a pitcher to have a couple of bad starts. Now, if we get to the end of March and he hasn't, you know, he has like a – 12 ERA and it just hasn't been there, then that's another thing. But to freak out after one start is asinine, particularly in spring training. All that being said, though, some some guys can't afford bad like uh, bad starts. Bryce Wilson, Felix Hernandez, Felix Hernandez. Th- these guys are guys battling. Yeah, that's it's, a different. It's a different thing. It's a than different mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, that's why. I mean, I saw Felix's uh, breaking pitch drop when he struck out. I can't remember who he struck out in the Orioles, but I was watching highlights because I missed the first couple innings, and I was like, oh, okay. Like that was like that was like a really good pitch. Yeah. Like that had some snap to it. You can tell he's been like just getting ramped up like crazy because it's it's all or nothing now. Yeah. He doesn't do well here. He's probably done, and he doesn't want to be done. So whereas Max Freed, we know we know you know he he's fine. He's twenty three, twenty four, whatever. However old he is, he, he was a he's absolute lo- bulldog. Locked in for as us. our number two. Yeah, absolute bulldog for us last year. Yeah. So don't worry if any of even even if Fulty has a bad start, and we know how much of a head case he is. Don't worry about it. Just just it's okay. Guys are just figuring out their stuff in the first few weeks of spring training. Take it easy. Exactly. I guess we'll move on to the Hawks, Adam. We're out of the All-Star break. Last week, you might recall, I was really hyped up about the arrival of Clint Capella. <laughs> and that I read an article saying he might be ready as soon as Thursday's opening game against the Heat after the All-Star break. Of course, right after we recorded this, uh, the last week's episode, it's revealed that he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Which doesn't even mean he's going to play in two weeks. Yeah. And, of course, he doesn't play on Thursday night. <laughs> Didn't matter because Trey Young dropped 50. But it was frustrating from the standpoint of you really want to see how Clint meshes with these guys and what he can bring to the floor, especially defensively. I heard someone speculating today that they don't see Capella playing all year. It's possible. Like, there's no reason to bring him back unless you think you're going to overtake, like, the seven games to get the eight seed. Even then, you probably don't want to do that, honestly. You want to try and get a lottery pick again, I would imagine, in the sense of not only could you 
get a guy, but you could potentially trade that pick if you need to. If you don't think anyone's there, you can get more picks for future years when there's a better draft class. Schlenk likes to do that. Yeah, so it's certainly possible he doesn't. And you got to think, the NBA season ends around mid-April, and we're about to get to March. He's evaluated in two weeks. Then that, that reevaluation would come next week, based off when that was reported, which was last week. So that's just reevaluation. So, he, he, you know, at the earliest, to me, he's not playing until the end of March when you probably have six games left or something like that. Are we speculating on medical uh, issues again? It always comes up. There's always a guy that's banged up, that's hurt, yeah. that has some issues. I mean, plantar fasciitis, Graham. It's a big thing. Yeah, we talk a lot about plantar fasciitis. It seems small, but uh, it lingers. To like feet and backs are like the worst things to get injured. Yeah, you both yeah. you need both those things to move around. So I've had a hurt heel myself that I just now realized is probably healed, but it was just hurt for like two years, and I thought, oh, the, this is just my heel now. It's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So I I feel you, Capella. I get it. Yeah. Uh, the good news is he is with the team. At least he's able to get to know the guys a little bit. Saw him on the bench last night against the Sixers. So. Um. Yeah, Trey looked awesome in that 50-point game. John Collins also had a huge game over the weekend against the, the Mavs. He dropped like 35 and got a 16 boards, I think. So that was nice to see. And then last night against the Sixers was rough. The Hawks did their best to, to battle back, yeah. and, and, and Trey really struggled from the field early on but picked it up and almost had a triple-double in 29, I think, 8-7 and seven or something like that. But we had no answer for Joel Embiid no. last night. I mean, he was shooting threes. He was dominating the paint. He had like 40 points. They had 40, 48 points. 48 points, 14 boards. I mean, this guy... Capella could have helped there. Exactly. And that was the biggest thing that was on my mind last night when I was watching the game. I was like, man, Capella could have slowed Embiid down. Maybe, you know, he certainly wouldn't have had 48 points. He might have had 25, but not 48. I mean, it was like... That was the one thing I really wanted to watch, especially coming to the All-Star break, knowing that we were going to play Philly soon, was seeing, like, okay, Clint versus Embiid. Yeah. Let's see how this goes down. We had no answer from Devin. Couldn't do anything. Collins did nothing against him. I and mean, how can you? I mean, the guy's a, is world-class. So it was it was a dominating performance. And the Hawks, once again, it was like... It feels like every game I really watch in depth, and I didn't see as much of the Heat game or the, um, or the Mavs game as I would have liked... But like the Sixers game, it was it was just like once again stagnant offense, bad shot selection, poor defense. And you have moments like DeAndre Hunter ha- had some great moments last night where he you know had a nice fast break uh, dunk. Yeah, it's court, it's some, court to court. Yeah, he got the offensive board and then just the defensive board and took it all the way. Right, that was great, and um, he got hit on a long pass I think from Trey, also for a lay in, and then shot a couple of nice threes, played some good defense. So it was it was good to see that from him, but man, this team just seems to bury itself in a hole early. Like we were down up until like the the, the third quarter. It was it was or middle of the third quarter. We were you know we were down fifteen, seventeen, twenty points. It's just yeah, like we're I, always in a big hole. It was, it was like uh, I watched the beginning of that game. It was like seventeen five or something yeah. like that, and it was just like, yeah. Good. De- Devin started out hitting the three, and I was like, okay, we got to leave. Let's like, I mean, I know it's the beginning of the game, but it's like got some energy going. And it was yeah. just like. Flat, flat offense. Trey couldn't do much um, until the second half. And it's just, once again, it just feels like a slipshod offensive plan that just... Not even a plan. There's no plan. It's just it's just Trey jacks up shot, 
maybe someone is able to get open and he's able to get the assist. Herder, not seeing much from him, honestly. Like, he had a couple of decent plays last night, but it's just like we're not – it's just not a lot of uh, – I don't know. There's just there's just no chut spot to this to this offensive unit. It feels like it just, it's just guys trying to just make things happen on their own. It's not it's not very. It's like the antithesis of, of a team based uh, unit right now. It feels yeah. like I go back and forth, and I I just I don't think I'm sold on Lloyd Pierce. I think he's a great player development guy. Maybe if he was a great player development guy, I think we'd be seeing a little more from some of these folks. No, I think I mean we've seen name one of these rookies that hasn't. Come around. Well, they've improved certainly. Yeah, okay, I mean, okay, but, you're right. But, yeah, maybe, maybe it's often maybe it's game day strategy. Yeah, yeah. Where that's, he struggles. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think the writing is starting to appear on the wall a little bit. Where with, with what Lloyd means to the franchise in the sense where I feel like he is. I didn't want to believe he was the in between guy, but unless we see something next year, I think he's the sacrificial lamb before you get another coach with more experience in here. Bring Coach Bud back, please. I don't even know if I want Coach Bud. He's more of like a big veteran guy. I don't know who I want exactly. But and why would he leave unless Giannis? Yeah, he's got the greatest thing going. Yeah, unless Giannis comes to Atlanta. Jesus. But um, I'll say this: I think it's just going to take one meeting. The Schlenk, maybe uh, Lloyd Pierce is going to be on vacation this summer. The Schlenk quietly calls Trey Young into his office and says, "Trey, do you want Lloyd Pierce?" Yes or no? This is your team. And if Trey backs his coach, and that's who he wants. So be it. That's who you go with. But yeah. uh, it's all about keeping Trey happy. Yeah, and I still think we need to see what happens next year before we, we get to a point where we declare anything. Next year's the year. You, you have yeah. to make the playoffs next year. I mean, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not waiting two more years, Graham. Yeah, it would be nice to make the playoffs next year, but you got to see more than what you you're got seeing. you got contracts now. coming up now. Yeah, especially with John Collins. John Collins, he's a third-year player now. Um, I I got to see something next year that makes me believe, and not just me, not that I fucking matter, but free, potential free agents. Got to see something from this team more than what they are. It's great that Trey is making national waves, going on Sports Center, blah blah blah, and he's he's performing out his ass. You know, he's like averaging over thirty points now. And John Collins is kicking butt, but you got to see more from a free agent standpoint to want to come to Atlanta, and it's not there yet. We we got to grab a uh, Bradley Beal. With the Wizards, they're a sorry team. They're going nowhere. Yeah, John Wall is like... He had back-to-back... Bradley Beal had back-to-back 50-point games. Yeah. Losses. That'll wear on you, man. Oh, sure. Let's get... Yeah, Bradley Beal would be nice. Let's get Trey in his head. And, uh, you know, we'd be good to go. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet if that could be arranged somehow. I mean, yeah, the Wizards are... Going nowhere, especially with John Wall being. It's out. easy, Graham. These are the, just do these things. Just do these things. It's that easy. Yeah. No one else has had this thought before. Eckler, Beal, Eckler, and Beal. It's the key to revitalizing our our two bird franchises. Make it happen. I wouldn't be averse to either one of those guys, man. I think we could still see progression from you know Cam, Hunter, hopefully Herder some more. We know we know where we are with this team. We just got to get through this year. Send Vince off in the right way, obviously. In, in the sense that, you know, given the respect he deserves for his final month and a half in the league, and then focus on trying to do whatever it takes to just find some semblance of identity on this team. Because I still feel like this team is rudderless defensively and offensively in the sense that there is no identity to what kind of team we are. Right now we're just the Trey Young show featuring John Collins on offense. I mean, they've been averaging like 118 points per game since the All-Star break. 
must kind of know what they're doing on offense. It just still feels very flat to me. You'll have games where there's more ball movement, but then others, it's just inconsistent performance, it feels like. And and the 76ers performance was, was magnified. I mean, I think it magnified that last night. And it's also playing a better team than what they played. I mean, they, you go up against the Heat and the Mavericks without Luka and uh, Chris Stapps, and then you go against pretty much full-strength Philly minus Ben Simmons. and you, you Philly's 26-2 and two at home. Yeah, you get your shit pushed in. But I mean, they they battle. This team doesn't quit. At no, least. At least and, they, and, they still have that. And they and they fought back valiantly, and that was that was great to see. And that's a check in the Lloyd Pierce box. Yeah, I mean, they they I think are third in the league in winning games. I think winning five games after being down by fifteen or more points. So there is heart there. It's not like it's a total shit. I mean, it's not a total shit show. No, but I just want to see more than what I'm seeing. I just consistency. Feel like, yeah, I just want to see a little more consistency from the team, which is hard to ask for considering that everybody's so damn young. I think that's fair to ask for, Graham. Yeah. At this point of the season? You need to see a little more than what I'm seeing right now. You're not a rookie anymore in the second half. Right. And like we said, we, we, we're we seeing things from Reddish, and we're seeing things from Hunter that are encouraging. I just got to see more of a strategy on offense, man. Stop me if we discussed this on last week's podcast, but what we've seen out of Reddish now, do you call the Trey Young-Cam Reddish trade a big win now? I think Jury's still out. I mean, Trey and Luca just seem like pushes at this point. I think Luca's still a little better just because he gives you more rebounds and can play better defense. But if if Cam is an, an above average NBA player, yeah, it's another guy yeah. for sure. But it's he, just tough. To he watch. showed some star potential. Cam has. I think there's potential there, but I think it's just being scratched. I think we don't know. He's far from a finished product. I think next year we'll get more of an idea of who Cam Reddish is. Yeah. He's not going to be shooting 7% from three-point from in October next year. You know, He's had a very rough season, even though he's gotten a hell of a lot better than what he was. So. I feel like he's had a great last two months. Yes, but he started out. Yeah, he started off terrible, and he's improved yeah. a lot. Yeah, he's had two bad months and two good months. Yeah. So we've got to see you know, what exactly he is. Like we always say, you're never as shitty as you are when you're at your worst. You're never as great as you are at your best. And I don't think he's ever been – he hasn't even figured out how great he can be. So he's he's like the anomaly. We don't know. We have no idea what – It's Cam the exact same progression Trey Young had last year. It's not on the same level, though. But like, Cam doesn't take over games. No, but Trey, like Trey does. Trey started shitty and – yes progressively improved and this year he's gone from averaging 19 points a game last year to 29 this year right so, i'm just saying that i i get the comparison it's a good trend i get the comparison i'm not i'm not calling cam reddish a superstar right but he's got some pretty damn good potential oh for sure for sure and it was great seeing trey drop 50 i mean that's fantastic and pick up the victory uh, it was nice it's been nice to win some games recently so I think that wraps us up today, Adam. We will keep an eye on all these things as we move forward and get closer to the start of baseball season, NFL draft, and the conclusion of the NBA season. Eventually, we will talk about Atlanta United again. We just got to find one of our friends who actually gives a shit. Oh, they're in a CONCACAFA today. CONCACAF. CONCACAF. Yeah. They uh, had a big tie on the road. It's the Champions League tournament. Mm. They had a big tie on the road, 1-1. They play at home at Kennesaw State tonight. Oh, it's tonight. Tonight, mm. at Kennesaw, yeah, because they got the monster truck rally going on at the Bends, mm. so they can't play there again, so right. they're up in Kennesaw. Um, good chance to advance this year, where last year they got their shit pushed in. 
So that's promising, Graham. That's very promising from our United. Particularly with all the new players that we know nothing about. A lot of new faces, a lot of new names. Graham and I have made a commitment. This was one of the other things at our big Atlanta zone um, retreat. Him and I are going to sit down and watch an entire game together. Which we haven't. Usually when I do watch United, it's not with you. Right. You know, we're going to watch the entire game together, sober. To analyze the full effects of, of what soccer is. Well, maybe not soccer. I'll give you soberish. Soberish. Not wasted. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have all the details after watching. Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll be lucid enough to comprehend what's happening on the screen. Right. And have some great analysis. So yes. that, that, that'll be our big improvement. Right. This our, many, our spring training. How many times are we going to do that? Overrunners at two. I say I put it at two and a half. Okay. That way we can't have a push. That's pretty strong. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. Rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalmanship. Hospitalmanship. When you have a, when you're a, Reagan era fast, uh, Reagan era fast. You have a Reagan era, Jesus. (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? (laughs)